if you look at the number one cash flow killer for 2022, it's got to be inflation. And as you mentioned, families are they're going to have to substitute purchasing. They're going to, have to be careful about how they purchase. They'll become smarter. Now, when I was a young man, you're quite your age, we had 12 to 16% inflation. You know, if you could get a 12% loan to buy a home, you were so happy that you had a 12% mortgage. I know. But we're going we're gonna to go through, we, we definitely have more inflation than we've seen. Some of it will go away, but it's going to put pressure on households. Now, when we talk about the other items, as you've mentioned, it's going to be one other thing that hurts this year. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. We are in another segment of Intentional Money Matters with Harry Stout. And I've just been really enjoying these series because we're talking about increasing cost. Essentially 2022, we're seeing inflation. The newest metric that I've seen is inflation's up 7%. And so people know that things are gonna cost more. You said in an earlier segment that you know insurance prices could go up and and we're starting to see other costs. And so it made me wonder, I'm like, man, we should have like an episode on 2022 and what are some of the things that are gonna be increasing and we might not even be able to budget that in. And so with that, hope you're doing well, man. And thank you for being back on the Better Wealth Show. Absolutely, Caleb. And I thought about this, you know, it, I wanted to come up with a way we could describe it best to the audience. And what I thought we could do, if it's okay with you, is call this the 20, 2022 cash flow killers because like we'll go through inflation talk about each of these things but we have a number of cash flow killers on the horizon i love it i think it's properly named especially since we're really big on helping people be aware of their cash flow in inputs and outputs yeah so i i think the first thing let's talk about you know we've got inflation and as you mentioned for december seven percent year over year that's significant Core inflation, which they call core, is about five and a half, but still high. Highest inflation we've seen since 1982. Wow. And I thought uh, in preparation for it today, I wanted to highlight a couple of things for you. When you hear these, you'll freak out a little bit. Food costs up six and a half percent, 12 and a half percent for fish, meat, and poultry. Housing costs up 10 percent, mm. rents up accordingly. So shelter costs up dramatically. That's not going away, by the way. New cars are up six and a half percent. By the way, average new car price, a little over $47,000. Used cars were up 30, over 37% year over year. If, and now if you really want to feel bad, gasoline's up 50% yeah. year over year. Brutal. Yeah. On the positive side, medical costs are up two and a half percent, but the feeling is they're going to catch up. So when you cut through all of that, the Wharton School, middle of December, came out with a projection that for most households, they'd end up paying about $3,500 more a year or about 6% increase in their cost of living. And for lower income households, be about 7%. So these are, these are huge numbers. Now, the experts, from what I can see, what I read and what I study, believe that we're going to have this inflation for 2022. We'll have to see what happens in 2023, but typically when costs go up, I mean, we'll leave used cars mm -hmm. off to the side for a moment because I think that's an anomaly. 
but a lot of these costs are going to stay up. So families are going to have to budget. And this morning, uh, I I saw the headline that only one of three corporations is planning a wage increase for next year, for this year, one out of three. Do you know why that is? Because obviously you have a lot of experience being an executive in companies. Like, Do Mm -hmm. companies just not have the money or is there just a lot of uncertainty um, in, in why they're not increasing wages? Well, you know, I, I don't know. I truly don't know. Because if what I see is many companies are bending over backwards to hire, increasing benefits, increasing salaries, being more employer friendly than they've been. I know that there's an ongoing battle uh, that, that's going on within corporations right now about people moving to lower cost areas, working remotely. We hired you in San Francisco. You're working in Santa Fe. Uh, it's a different cost of living. We're not going to pay you. We're not going to pay you San Francisco wages to, to to live in Santa Fe. I know some of that debate's going on. It just surprised me. It just surprised me a great deal. Unless there's some companies feels that like they have too many employees and they want to reduce their employee headcount. But I just see that overall that the pendulum has swung in favor of the employee, and there should be better benefits, better better raises for those people. I, that's what I would see right now, especially with unemployment rates as low as they are. Right. So um, I, I just don't understand why you wouldn't be increasing salaries. So let's let's look again at some of the, um, and, and I believe we have six, six things that we're going to cover as it relates to the 2022 cash flow killers. And I appreciate you reading off that list. I, I very much could tell just from looking at what we spend on groceries, like we're spending more on some of the same food that we've we've been uh, consuming for a while and so it is one of those things that that will hit your your pocketbook and i think people are going to start waking up and i think what we're going to cover is there's might be some cash flow outflows that's going to happen this year that people might not be budgeting as it relates to debt and all that so totally agree with you but if you look at the number one cash flow killer for 2022 it's got to be inflation and as you mentioned families are going to have to make they're going to have to substitute purchasing they're going to be careful about how they purchase they'll become smarter now when i was a young man you're quite your age we had 12 to 16 percent inflation you know if you could get a 12 percent loan to buy a home you were so happy that you had a 12 percent mortgage i know but uh, we're gonna we're gonna go. Through, we, we definitely have more inflation than we've seen. Some of it will go away, but it's gonna put pressure on households. Now, when we talk about the other items, as you've mentioned, it, it's gonna it, it's gonna be one other thing that hurts this year. So let's go through that. Let's go to the second item, and that would be higher interest rates. Now, the Fed has said that they're going to most likely act sooner and raise rates sooner. Many folks are projecting three to four increases in 2022 and probably four increases in 2023. So you got two years of increases, right? So what, that, what that, what's that mean? Loans are going to become more expensive. Mortgages will be more expensive, most likely. Savings rates will go up, so you'll get some benefit, probably not a lot from increases in, your, in the money that you have in cash accounts. And if you've got variable rate obligations, if you have a variable rate student loan, you have a variable rate mortgage, you're probably going to see increased out-of-pocket cash, more out-of-pocket cash to pay higher rates of interest. And I think that's a definite. A question for you. A majority of people that have mortgages probably have a 30-year fix or 15-year fix or whatnot. What areas do you feel have the most threats, I guess, for increasing interest rates? Is it student loans? Is it business loans? Is there any 
area that you think would like surprise us to be like, oh, like as interest rates rise, this could be a potential bubble? Well, first of all, even if people with fixed obligations, so many of them still haven't refinanced. So what I say to them, if you get people in your audience who haven't refinanced, you probably still have time to catch a lower rate. I think I looked at a 30-year rate uh, today, this morning was 3.33%, which is wonderful, right? But if you have a higher rate mortgage, you ought to look into refinancing. So I wouldn't, if you've got fixed rate obligations, I wouldn't just assume that you can't refinance those. I think you ought to spend some time and look at them. A lot of people just haven't wanted to. There's been some inertia there. And then the other thing is, I just think any, any variable rate obligation that you have. Now, if you're carrying credit card debt, there's a likelihood that that will go up. Yeah. It's already in, unbelievable. The average interest rate on credit cards, you know, 16%, I think on average is what the Federal Reserve says. You could see that popping up. Yeah. So that, that bad debt that people have is going to be worse for them. It's going to cost them more. Is higher interest rates, do you think, going to negatively affect the stock market growth? That's a great, I wish I was an investment professional, can fully give you that advice. I think we're going to work through pretty well. I mean, okay. I think we're going to work through because so many companies have borrowed money at very low rates of interest. I think the markets are going to continue, probably not as at the rate of increase that we've seen. I mean, you start having double digit years every year. That's remarkable. You can see we're still going to get a good positive return, I think, on the equity markets and we'll adjust. But the nice thing about the Fed, at least, they're targeting their punches. Yeah, they're not all of a sudden, you're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and find a 300 basis point change in short term rates. Yeah. They're not going to do that. At least that would be my observation. So they're going to tell you what they're going to do, how they're going to give people more time to adjust and make decisions based on, on what's there. So it's definitely going to cost us all more. There's no doubt about it. And they'll look to they'll look to slow demand so they can get inflation under control. Yeah. But um I think we'll we'll di we'll digest it, but probably rates of return will not be as high as they uh, as they have been. I love it. All right, what's the next point? Oh, next one for a lot of a lot of young people with kids is the child tax credit and that wonderful child tax credit, which they started getting every month in a cash check in July. That goes away, yeah. and we revert back to the old credit. Now, there's an ongoing debate in Washington about whether or not, as part of if possible, the Build Back Better plan, that that could be reestablished in some way. But I think a lot of those conversations are falling by the wayside right now because of concerns over inflation and the level of federal spending. So if you got a child tax credit last year and you got that nice check every month, half of that credit coming to you, and it's fully refundable, if people got that money, that was their money. We revert back to the old rules in 2022. So that's going to be a, that's going to be a, a cash impact for a lot of households. Do you do you think it's true that many people aren't going back to the workforce because of the child tax credit, or is that because I've heard some people articulate that, but I'm I have no reason to say that's true or not true. No, I don't. I don't think so. My feeling overall on employment, if you look at employment, I think people just don't want crappy jobs, Caleb. Yeah. They're tired of it. They're tired of and and let's face it, we've underpaid people for a long time. And I think people need, my personal belief is people need to have a living wage. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to begin to do that, if you're going to beginning to pay higher wages, mm -hmm. you're going to have higher costs. So for some period of time, we're going to have to adjust to those changes. So I, that's kind of my view on that one. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, but I don't think that's the case. I, I think that people are just fed up and they're saying, why am I doing this? And then the other thing is it's more psychological than financial is that people have looked at the pandemic and they've said, Look, 
I've got friends that have been sick. Some people have passed away. Yeah. You know, you know, it's uh, YOLO. I mean, you only live once. Yeah. You know, I mean, you only yeah. live once, and maybe I should. I'm going to change my yeah. thinking, and that's why people are going into business for themselves, changing what they, taking years off, taking some of their money, yeah. traveling if they can, and making yeah. that change. So, I yeah. think if you look at it, um, so the child tax credit goes away. That's number three. That's out of pocket cash. Right. If you think for so many families, right? Yeah. And and really we're in we're again in the segment 2022 cash flow killers and we're looking at inflation. Things are literally inflation's making our dollars less valuable. We're looking at interest rates increasing which is going to affect mm-hmm. us all at some level, but especially people that have credit card debt and uh, other debt that could be affected by interest rate change. Yes. And we're if you're getting money from the government right now through the child uh, tax care credit, that's going to be going away most likely as well. And so yeah, these are three things that are factoring heavily uh, for a cash flow in 2022. Um, what is the fourth one? Your insurance costs are going to go up. And, and I, uh, uh, if you take a look and there's Standard & Poor's has a global market intelligence unit. And the S&P people say that if you look at insurance premiums, they're going to go up somewhere between three and 12%. Wow. Right. Now, a lot of times it, it's, this is a hard one to nail down because depending on where you live in the country, the natural, uh, the catastrophes that have happened to your part of the country, what weather has gone through, how you drive, how badly you drive, how well you drive. Now, apparently this last year, so many more people were driving because they were cooped up the year before they decided to crash into each other and, and we got higher costs. And also on top of that, if, if an accident is so bad, a car is totaled, how does the insurance company get a new car when new car prices have gone up six and a half percent? Or if they replace it with a used car that's going up 37%, you can see where the cost pressure is hitting a lot of the insurers. And then look at housing costs. Lumber's been hard to get. <laughs> Labor's been high. So if, if you look at a lot of the elements that make up what an insurance company has to cover in case there's a claim, in case there's a loss, you can see that their costs are going up dramatically. So around the country, three to 12% increases in insurance costs. That's, that's a lot. And um, so, I mean, for, for people, if, you're, if that happens to you, I mean, we, I think in another one of our segments, we suggested that people get a general insurance checkup. You ought to go in and take a look and see what you can do to reduce your cost. Maybe you have a higher deductible. Maybe you change coverages in a certain way that's still appropriate, but maybe you make some adjustments to deal with this type of increase. But Kayla, people are going to feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was a very eye-opening when you shared that to me for the first time. And I'm like, it will be the, the ripple effect that all of this is going to have is going to be uh, something that I think is going to be very nasty. Well, yeah. And, and that's why I think one of the things, as we talk about intentional money, that's why you have a cash budget. That's why you have a financial plan. You make changes over time to adjust to these body blows, but there's some major ones hitting in 22. Now, another one, our fifth item for today is federal student loans. Now, as we look across our country, I think we got about 43 million people have a student loan, 43 mm-hmm. million people. Average balance, a little over $37,000. And overall for our country, over $1.7 trillion in student loan debt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the federal element of that, which I think is 90%, the government has, we, there's been, we've had, had no student loan payments have been required, but now the Biden administration has said they're going to start collecting again May 1st. 
Now, interest rates have been set to zero for the last, I think, 22 months on federal student loan obligations. But now what's going to happen is you're going to have to start paying those again. Some people during this period of time have used this forbearance. If they had good cash balance, they've been paying down those loans because 0% money. Mm-hmm. So they've made progress in paying down their loan obligations. But for others, they're going to now have to start paying their student loans again. And that's going to have an impact on their monthly budget. It's pretty big. Mainly for the fact that a lot of these people are probably not proactively budgeting in each month. Like it's going to it's going to go directly out of their monthly cash flow. And it just it, it it'll be interesting to see the ripple effect that, that will have when people have to start paying. And to see what happens to people's credit scores, what happens to uh, yeah. people's cash flow. No, and, and a couple of things too. Uh, some more confusion. During this period of time, the federal government's changing loan servicers. A number of the major servicers of loans are changing. So that's going to maybe cause some confusion. On a positive note, the government's kind of gone back and made it easier for people to qualify for forgiveness for public service, some of the other benefits on federal student loans where you can reduce your student loan balance if you if you took certain actions in the public interest. So they've apparently cleaned that up a lot. And the, around the edges, they've been trying to forgive things. They've forgiven loans to people that who, who were disabled. They for, uh, for, have forgiven loans for people who have went to for-profit colleges and thought they were going to come out with a degree that was going to earn you know, a gazillion dollars, but, but didn't. So they've made some changes. The last thing I'll say about this is, you know, the, the Biden administration campaigned on forgiving student loans. He said he probably would forgive $10,000 per student for, of student loans. That's really going to be a very interesting issue over the next few months. Because so far, no action's been taken. I think there's a lot of pressure building to take action. So we'll, there's nothing we could report to the audience today saying, oh, this forgiveness is coming your way. It, it's caught up in a, in a real political mess at this point, I think. Mm, mm. So that's number number five is you're going to have to start paying your student loans again. Yeah. So we move on to number six. And number six is this. A lot of the stimulus money is gone. You're not going to get three stimulus checks in 2022. Unemployment compensation tied to the pandemic is gone. Mm -hmm. Although some people may qualify for unemployment insurance if they have to quarantine, there are some states that allow them to do that. And uh, rent subsidies, the money that was put into the uh, various relief plans to help people hold on to their apartments to stay in housing, that a lot of that money's running out. So, uh, what you see there is no stimulus check. So when you look at these six things together, yeah. Caleb, they could have a, a fairly dramatic impact on the average household in terms of cash not there. Now, what we do know is during the pandemic, a lot of people were smart. They used this excess money to pay down debt, to build their emergency funds, and to enable them to have a better financial life. They spent a little bit, but a lot of them saved, paid off debt, and so on. So hopefully for those households, this change, they'll get back to their pre-pandemic budget. But to the extent to which people didn't, and this all hits them, it's going to be very significant. So you can see these cash flow killers on the horizon. As the year unfolds, we're going to see them, and it's going to impact uh, a lot of the budgets of people listening today. Well, first and foremost, I really appreciate you putting the time into thinking 
researching and putting these these six cash flow killers um, down for us. Because I again I I hope I hope our audience really appreciates appreciates this because again I I'm not seeing this articulated in a lot of places and I think it all adds up. You you did mention something about like the get back to the pre pandemic. Unfortunately though, with increasing you know inflation and increasing insurance cost. I don't know if the student loan will affect everybody, but like all this stuff is like, we can't go back to normal um, unless our wages increase at the same rate or more. And we're just not seeing that historically, but we'll, I'm sure there's going to be a lot that shakes out. Is there anything positive uh, in 2022 that you're like, okay, is it is it that there's a lot more power to the employees? You know, like- I, I, think, that, I think that's it, Caleb. I think that- there's a lot more power to the employee if you have skills. Yeah. You have to have skills. And we'll, and we'll talk about that in a later segment, more in depth for people. But you got to have skills. And you should not be afraid to go look for that next job. I mean, I've, I mentor some young people uh, just as part of what I do. And I had a couple of folks recently that got 50 to 60% salary increases by changing jobs. Now, it took a little bit of time. We sat down, went through their digital profile, made sure their LinkedIn was fine. They're set up on Indeed properly. They're following up. They're doing the things that they need to do. But I do think that's right because there are a lot of jobs out there yeah. and you just have to match your skill set. And, and sometimes you have to take a risk. Yeah. You know, you have to take a risk on a job to get skills that will be with you for the long yeah. term. So I do. And the other thing, you have to budget. You have to be yeah. money's more precious. Yep. And you're going to have to pay, you have to be much, as we talk about in this series, you're going to have to be more, very intentional with what you spend, how you prioritize, and how do you use that precious resource. Do us a favor, if you have gotten value out of this podcast, or if you know somebody that might have student loans or um, might be um, banking off of the child tax credit or, or whatnot, and this would be helpful for them to just be more aware. Um, the whole goal is for people to be aware so that nothing is catching you off um, in surprise and, and so that we can be intentional for 2022. Make sure to share, if you're watching this on YouTube, I would love to hear in the comments um, what your biggest takeaway is, or if we had to add a seventh cash flow killer for 2022, <laughs> what that would be. Uh, we read all the comments and we appreciate you a ton. Harry, is there anything else that you wanna uh, finish off? I, no, I, I really feel good about this segment. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very good. Thank you so much, Caleb. I just want to, as you mentioned, let's just make, be aware of what's going to happen. So that way, at least you can plan. It'll reduce the stress and anxiety in your life. If you enjoy how Harry communicates, we have his podcast down below, and we'll have a link to some of his resources, including book, website. There's a lot of cool things that you're up to, and I'm just so grateful that we get to spend time together. Great. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.